welcome to the Dragon Thistle Rugby Pod. Uh, the Grand Slam is still on, going yeah. from our title last week. Uh, my name is Sean, I'm joined by Michael. Um, one of us is pretty happy this week, the other is a little bit disappointed, probably really disappointed, um, but this was always going to happen. Genuinely, I thought it would be me a bit disappointed, so it's quite a nice surprise really, but how's things, mate? You okay? Enjoy the weekend? So, do you know what? I enjoyed the weekend because I was out on the piss. and I was So, it was good. So, from that point of view, I got to watch the rugby in a pub. Uh, however, yeah, obviously, bitterly disappointed about the result. And as I've already said to you, I will try my best not to be sounding too much like a bit of Scotsman today. Uh, um, but we'll see how that goes. Plenty around. Plenty around. Um, listen, yeah, listen. Obviously, I'm buzzing. I had quite quite a bit to drink Saturday for the game. I, I think I started for the Liverpool game at half twelve and just carried on through. So, plenty of beers, good few whiskies. Um, yeah, it was alright. It's a decent weekend. I was pretty rough on Sunday though. I like drank like that that much for quite a while. So, yeah, it's decent. Good weekend. I mean, listen, it was actually as a as a weekend of Six Nations, really good weekend of Six Nations. Wasn't it? Listen, I think I think it's been, if you compare it to the Autumn Nations Cup, oh, far better, it, yeah. it, you can tell the difference with the players having more game time in them, can't you? And, and having a bit more uh, time about them. So, yeah, really good weekend for me, obviously. Unfortunately for Mike, uh, it's not. So, obviously, I suppose, you know, we're going to try and not argue too much. I do think we are going to argue a little bit about the game, obviously, because... We'll see it. We'll see it from our uh, our sides, but uh, we'll try not to argue too much so that we make this the last pod that we don't talk to each other ever again. Yeah. So. Um, right. So yeah. So we'll get we'll get to the game as soon as we can. We'll do the news first because that's sort of how we do it. Um, I'll let you start this week. Actually, I'm gonna let you start this week. I'm gonna be gracious. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah. So I'll go with the news. So. Uh, some good news first. Uh, WP now uh, contract extension uh, for another two years at Edinburgh. Uh, I think that's brilliant for a start. He's, I mean, he'll be 35 in April. Um, he's got, I think, about 40 caps, just under 40 caps or something like for Scotland. Been, that'll take him over 10 years at Edinburgh. I think he does a lot of coaching for one of the Super 6 teams uh, in the scrum. And he's very keen on helping the younger players come through. I think he's been brilliant for Xander Ferguson. Um, for Scotland, like getting um, obviously when Ferguson came through, very good and loose, couldn't really scrum that well. And I think he's learned a lot of uh, WP now. Um, I think he's been one of them like uh, project players, as we call them, that we brought in that's like definitely been a success. You know, he's come over, he's, he's clearly, you know, likes being in Scotland. I say it's going to take him up to his at least his 10 year point of living here. So I think that's really, really good. And he's still doing it international level. You know, he, he, even when he came off the bench uh, against Wales, he held up his scrum as, as he as he always does. You know, probably not as dynamic and the loose as Xander Ferguson, but still he can hold up a scrum and um, well, more than hold up a scrum, really. Yeah, he's, so, in, he's, really... In, he's in decent nick and he's still... I don't think, yeah. I think he's had his injuries, but I don't think he's had anything. So uh, he got injured before the last Lions tour. I think right. I think he had a chance of going on the last Lions. So a, a chance. I'm not saying he had definitely gone or anything like that. Uh, but he got injured before that, and I think you know, you know, he was always playing catch up. Then I think he missed the Six Nations before it. So if you don't play in the Six Nations you, you, before it, you're always going to struggle. That's off the top of my head. I'm not sure if that's 100 percent true, but uh, but I think really good servant for Scotland. He's on. I think he's 
around 40 caps if he's doing another two years at Edinburgh. Um, I don't think there's any um, any tight heads really pushing him other than Xander Ferguson. So at the moment, you know, there's no reason why he can't get his 50 over the next two years if his if his body holds up. And I think well, that's a really good achievement. I think it's a it's a, it's a good signing for Edinburgh because obviously listen, he's obviously still able and capable, isn't he? And obviously, like you say, he's still scrummaging well enough um, to play. I think the other thing, if you if you really look at it, Bergen's gone to Glasgow, hasn't he? Yeah. And if you keep Nell and Depending if he's in, on international duty, he could help bring him through the young tight heads or until, until oh no, because they've signed that other, they've signed that other South African, haven't they? Yeah, but I mean, yeah. there's still going to be people in like, coming through, and he's got the, he does coach with the Super Six, which is all done through the SRU and stuff like that. So I imagine his contract will have like bits of that built in. I assume with the coaching and things like that. Mm. Yeah, no, good sign, good sign. Yeah, uh, so and then moving on to Glasgow. So, a couple of signings. Uh, first in the back row, they signed, a, I'll say Australian international, because he still counts, but maybe ex-Australian international, uh, Jack Dempsey um, in the back row. Um, so, I think he's exactly what, what Glasgow needs. I think he'll complement, um, uh, what's his face, um, Gordon and and the likes of uh, Matt Ferguson very well, because uh, he's an abrasive ball-carrying uh, back rower. So that'll be interesting to see how, how how he gets on. He is a bit injury prone. I think it's the last the club team he's played, but he's not play, played many games for, so he is injury prone. Um, but if they keep him fit, Glasgow like to rotate their players and, and manage their workload. You know, he, then he could be a very very good sign. And it's a sign of a tent, I think, from Glasgow. And then um, they also signed Josh McKay from Crusaders, uh, ex New Zealand under twenty international. Um, very very exciting prospect. Well, not prospect, but player. He plays fullback or wing. Um, I think Danny Wilson said Danny Wilson said that they probably could see him more as a fullback role, which adds question marks about where Hugh Jones is going to play after after this season. Um, so he might be on the move. But um, a very very exciting player, really good in, in the loose. Uh, you know, any kind of uh, broken field and that is a very very dangerous runner. Yeah, he's, I mean, I, I I watch a lot of. Um... Super Rugby. Unfortunately, not going to be able to watch it this year because nobody in the UK has got the rights. doesn't matter. But yeah, I've watched a lot of Super Rugby. a lot. watched uh, the Mighty 10 as well. He's a really good player. I mean, he's rapid. He's got mm. wheels on him. And uh, yeah, an exciting player. I mean, I find it crazy. The only thing I find it crazy because he's, he's, he's at the Crusaders, isn't he? He's going to play there, isn't he? And then uh, sign up for next season. But I, I couldn't like The Highlanders got rid of him. And but, yeah, just I think he's had... I don't know. Don't quote me on this. He's at least had two Super Rugby teams because obviously the Crusaders now. I'm not sure if he's had a third. It's just crazy because he's like a lot of people rate him in New Zealand. Yeah. And, I mean, whether, listen, I don't know. You don't know what, what it is. It could be that he's in Dupro and it could be anything, couldn't it? But yeah, yeah. It, looks like, it looks like a good player. I mean, everyone's been asking if he's Scottish qualified and yeah, with a name like Mackay or something. But You'd like to hope so, but I'm, I'm not convinced. But we'll I see. Think I think there's someone who said he's not. Right? Yeah. Um, going on from that then, you've got uh, Adam Hastings who's back in the, in the Glasgow squad um, for tomorrow's game. Ulster, straight back in the starting lineup. I feel a bit sorry for... Um, oh, crap, I can't remember his name now. Um, Ross Thompson. Is it Ross Thompson? Yeah, Thompson. yeah Ross Thompson, because like, he was doing very, very well. But you know, you got your first line um, fly off back. He's, he's going to get thrown straight back in, especially against Ulster as well. You know, good team. Uh, but it's really good for for Glasgow and for Scotland to have Hastings back. 
Um, Taylor, what's going on? So you'd imagine Townsend, if he's fit, you'd imagine Townsend sort of asked Danny Wilson to get him back in because you'd imagine if he can get a game or two and they think he's fit enough, you'd imagine he comes onto the bench for Scotland, wouldn't you? Yeah, I was going to go on to that when we do Scotland. Sorry, my bad. bad. Um, So obviously Ferguson's got a four-match ban. So this is what I was speaking to you. So we'll probably go into the O'Mahony ban and the Ferguson ban at some point. Um, I get, I don't, I don't agree that I agree with the ban in terms of him getting a ban. Um, because like originally I was raging about the red card, but I've seen it at numerous angles now. I've I've looked at it again, and yeah, happy that it was a red card. Uh, I don't think it was quite as bad as uh, O'Mahony's. Definitely. Um, but I don't like that he... And just because he doesn't agree with the panel and thinking it's a red card, I don't think he should be punished for that. Because I don't think you... You know, at the end of the day, you're allowed your own opinions. You shouldn't be punished for it. If he doesn't think it's a red, it's fine. It doesn't mean he's going to go away and do it again. That's that's not what it is. Uh, so I don't like that he got pushed back to a four-game ban just because he didn't like go, yeah, yeah, it was a red and that's it. But then at the same time, I think, why just don't be stupid and just admit, just say, yeah, it was a red and then you've only got a three-game ban. But it is what it is in that sense. Um, my issue with it then is I don't really understand. Everyone says he's missing the Six Nations, the rest of it. But I've calculated that he should be able to play the Italy game. But I'm probably wrong. I just don't know why I'm wrong. Because Glasgow have a game this week. So that's one game. Then we play France next week. That's two games. Then there's a Fallow week the week after that. But Glasgow have a game. That's three games. Then we play... Ireland after that, that's four games. So then I don't understand why he can't play against Italy. So I could be wrong. There's obviously a reason why I'm wrong, but I just don't get it. So my theory on this, I mean, I think I've been quite obvious on this podcast, my thoughts on the judicial, whatever you want to call it, the panel and stuff, how yeah. they come to their things. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm pretty... Uh, people who listen to this podcast now, I think... I try not to. I'm trying not to swear as much on this, but it's a fucking joke. Uh, the way it's run, it's run like a court. I know, I've listened to quite a few different people on it. Um, Cammy Black talking about it was really good, actually. That it's it's like it's like a court thing. Now, the whole thing that he said he didn't think it was a red card and stuff. I'm with you. Listen, you shouldn't be shouldn't be put against you for being honest. Yeah. The only thing I'll say to it is you, he's been poorly advised because they're going that they you it, would be, it was a Zoom call, but you have a lawyer when you go to these things, someone a representative from the Scottish Rugby Union, and they yeah. someone should have said to him, "Listen, we don't agree, but don't say that because you'll get this extra time." And we're everyone's quite well aware of it, so naive, I'd say. I, I agree with you. I think you should be able to say what you want to say. If you don't think it's right, you don't think it's right. Um, but the whole thing's a farce. It might, the, the thing about playing for Glasgow, this is the whole thing. They're saying, is it games or weeks? If it's weeks, right, He it's five weeks, he'll miss the rest of the six stations. If it's games, I'm with you. Aren't they meaningful games? There's people using A games as meaningful games. You know, George North got away with a, a, yeah. a cup, didn't he, as well? So the whole yeah. thing's a joke. I mean, like you say, I mean, I suppose we might get into it now. The whole comparing it to Omani and that. Omani, to me, although at speed, he's seen Francis there and he's gone to do him just by the way his arm is. Sander Ferguson, 
has gone to clear a rook. Yeah, his, his technique in it hasn't been great. Obviously, there were cir- circumstances, but there's nowhere near Omani's, in my yeah. opinion. And the fact that it got reduced to one week, it was it was reduced from six weeks down to what five, wasn't it? Three. Three, sorry. So it got down to three. Got reduced, and then it's like, oh, we take everything into consideration. We don't. It's, it's a farce. You cannot take into consideration that because Omani sat there and went, or O'Mahony sat there and went, I'm really sorry. Yeah, you know, I won't do it again. Who in that disciplinary panel? Because on that Xander Ferguson one, they had um, Stefan Turblanks, who used to be played for the Ospreys, played for South Africa, a very experienced person. How is no one looking into these things where they're going, listen, whether Omani's admitting his guilt or not, I mean, he had no... It, Omani couldn't have walked in there and gone, that's not a red card, could he? No. And someone from Ireland would have been so stupid to go, listen, I think we can win this. I don't think there's a way you can win these 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 things unless it's, you know, obvious that it wasn't a red card. So you've got to do is you've got to do a shitload of charity work. <laughs> well, that's it though, isn't it? Hey, that that's every player's all of a sudden going to be involved with a charity or something like that. The thing is, I, yeah, I can't really go into it too much because it fucking blows my mind, mate. It honestly raises me. Because sometimes I think it should be more, sometimes I think it should be less. So, so my, my thing with it is, I think, like, you know this entry-level thing? And yeah, then they right. do the mitigating factors. So I think entry-level should be the minimum required. So I think if entry-level six, that's entry-level. And then, if anything, they add on to it. Yeah. Yeah? I don't think I, it should be like, oh, and then and then we'll take it down and take it down. You look at the offence, it's worth this, right? And then you look at other factors that could have affected it, i.e. like, so O'Mahony, he got it reduced down to three because of his previous track record. He's fucking got red carded for something similar early in the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, to me, it would be like, so it'd be six-game ban. Has he done it before? Yes, two times, three times, whatever. Okay, eight-game ban or something like that. It goes up. Don't go down just because yeah. they've said, oh, I'm sorry, yeah, I agree, it's a red card. Because that just means that you're not just because people say it doesn't make it true. No, so just because O'Mahony said, "Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, it's a red card offence." Oh, brilliant! He's fucking lying, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> he the way probably I doesn't think it was a red card. Yeah, the, the way I, he probably doesn't, does he? <laughs> He's a moron. I mean, yeah. to me, I would, uh, I would do it like football, and I just have like a standard. So if it's a red card in, in football, if you get a straight red card, it's three games, isn't it? And what yeah. and a bit like what you're saying, if they think it's worse, where you know in football you can get a three game ban, but then they look at it and go, "Listen, that's basically assault." They actually put it up, don't they? And a little bit yeah. like your model, but what they should do instead of having this weeks of just make it games. Weeks means nothing because you know games could be at the moment games are being cancelled, aren't they? And whether they're carrying them over. Like, if you look at Joe Marler, whether you agree with his ban or not, because of COVID, he didn't sit out anything. He sat out rugby yeah. in everything. So just listen, red card, it's three games. Now we'll, we'll we'll review it. The minimum you're getting is three 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 games. So don't even bother coming in here saying you're sorry. Yeah. The you are getting is three. Three games. Not three weeks, three games. I don't care when these games are, but you're getting three games. You're not having any more A games to get round it either. And yeah. then from there, just go, listen, three games for a red card, but he's got it done him. Done him bad. So we're gonna go five games. 10 get whatever and just have something something that everyone can understand because at the moment you've got people like me and you who are just rugby fans passionate rugby fans you've got people in the know mate just like professionals and stuff who haven't got a fucking clue what's going on 
Well, that's not yeah. good for the game, is it? Do you know what I mean? We're talking. No, about, I agree, mate. We're talking about you know he's going to miss the Six Nations. Listen, if he had a three-game ban, he'd miss one Six Nations game, wouldn't he? And no, I think so every, three game ban, yeah, no, yeah, miss one, yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's two fallow weeks, isn't there? And yeah. I think people would be happy with that. I'd be happy with that. I think Scotland, all right, they'd miss France, but I think if they thought, listen, it was a red card, he's only going to miss France. We've still got two more games after that. Everyone would be happy with that, except the guys now are going to miss the whole Six Nations. I just, yeah, just. And we've used the whole thing that you can't use the Glasgow games. I'd like to know the answer to that. I, I'll have to ask, ask it on Twitter and see if someone can um, can give Shed it some light. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, end up with that now. Yeah, it's all right. No, uh, last couple of bits of news. So obviously, Hamish Watson came out. Uh, I think he was. I, just, I generally think he was just a bit worked up after the game and that, and said he didn't think it was a red card. Um, he's since rescinded it. You know, I mean, the thing is. He's entitled to his opinion. He's obviously someone's had a word with him, so you need to rescind that. And he's rescinded it. Like, Story. at least you know. And and part of me's like, all right, yeah, it was a red card, and you got it wrong in this day and age. But at the same time, it's like you don't want people just to come out and say what what they're supposed to say. Sometimes you want people to come out and be like, well, actually, no, I didn't think it was a red card. He might be wrong, but yeah. you know, fucking everyone like, and then people like attacking him for it. It's like he's entitled to an opinion, whether he's right or wrong. It's not like Israel Falau coming out like bashing bashing um, homosexuals and things like that. Do you mean it's, it's not like that? He just said he doesn't think it's a red card, you know, I mean, and he's entitled to that opinion. He might be wrong, but it doesn't matter. To, to me, um, it's a non-story. Listen, yeah. quickly on this one. One, should he have said it? Probably not. Two, you actually heat the moment in a game that was that close with that much drama at the end, and you're asking him about it, asking him about something that has obviously affected the game, hasn't it? Yeah. Three, three. Listen, touche. He had the balls to come out and apologise. Whether he's been told or not, or well, he got told to do that, he might have just gone. Listen, in cold light of day, yeah. I've what probably a bit like you. I've watched it back and gone, yeah, it's a red. The other thing is, is he's got shit for doing it. But on commentary, John Bar, uh, Chris Patterson, and Sam Warburton said the same thing. Yeah, if I mean, like Sam, Sam Warburton. He, he, he's apologised as well. Not apologised, yeah. but he's come out and said, yeah, I got it wrong. Oh, and he, he said as well, Sam Warburton, he said, like, if Sander Ferguson hadn't, hadn't gone to clear him out... People would be having a go. Yeah. People would say, like, why aren't you clearing him out? Yeah, so, so I mean, no one's had a go at that. I think it's hard to have a go at Chris Patterson and Sam Warburton. I thought they were immense on uh, comms on Saturday. Yeah, I think they're very good, aren't they? Absolutely. I mean, if you compare it to watching Italy-England and basically becoming a bit of a banter fest and how great this is and how great that is, Without actually doing any analytics on the game or talking about the game, uh, level above, level above. And I know I'm being biased with Sam Warburton. Chris Patterson as well, I thought was really good. Yeah. Well, we've yeah. said me and you both said we think Warburton and John Bartley are probably the two best in the game. Two best, yeah. Two best, yeah. Uh, and then uh, last one, I don't know if you were talking about. It. I can't remember if you said you were going to, but just the the Win Jones. We talk about head injuries and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? I, I think it was Tom Francis the other week. He didn't have to go off when he got smashed in the head. And then Wynn Jones did when he got smashed in the head. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to go off either. No. Obviously, the thing with Wynn Jones is he went and scored a try two, three minutes later. <laughs> uh, he, might, he might not remember that try. No, I don't know. But uh, but he should have been off the field. That's not to say the try wouldn't have happened because his replacement could have easily come and scored the try. But player welfare and all that, they keep singing and dancing about it, And absolutely, they should do. Player welfare is very important. But yeah then make sure if someone gets smashed in the head with a, sh- with a shoulder, then he's taken off for a HIA. 
they'll do half a job. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, obviously, listen, I don't think anyone's suggesting that the Welsh doctors or physios or anything aren't doing a good job because, obviously, listen, they must have assessed them on the pitch. But I agree. Listen, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to defend it. I think if you get, especially if it's a red card for head contact, yeah, but, you know, I do think you should be. You should be taking a H. Listen, because we're talking on, on the uh, on the Scottish podcast. Or listen, they've got like a test you can do on the side of the pitch, or even if it's just a five minutes on the side of the pitch, just to go. Listen, let's get you on the side of the pitch, out of the game. We'll do an assessment here. So, yeah, no, hundred percent agree. And I suppose I might as well that'll lead into uh, something I've been reading today. Um, so. Uh, there is a group been assembled, let's say. Uh, they're called Progressive Rugby. I know uh, Jamie Cudmore, who played for Clermont, Aberne for Donkey's Years, uh, Can- uh, Canadian International, James Haskell. Has to be involved, doesn't he? James Haskell uh, and a few other players. I think Popham might be involved in it, in the group. Um, basically, have written a letter to World Rugby calling for... Um, a reform to protect players' well-being uh, in the game, basically. Um, now, the letter has been sent out. I think it's been signed by 90 sort of different people in rugby. And it's been reported that Josh Navidi and Jonathan Davis, um, Jiffy, commentator, have both signed it. Understand it with Navidi if you look through the concussion issues he's had uh, more recently. Uh, but apparently in the letter, they've suggested... Um, to World Rugby that there'd be a limit on contact and workload in training. Um, only subs during games for injuries, interesting one, and then regular checkups for players. So obviously there's a lot being talked about concussion at the moment, isn't there? So it's all kind of with what's happening in both Wales' games. And if you look, I mean, just look at the Wales game, there was what, one, two, three, four players went off. With HIAs, with head injuries. That was in the Wales Island game alone. Um, so, you know, um, hopefully, I do think it's good. Um, you know, I think in some ways, and I'm not trying to be harsh because I know it's a controversial subject, but in some ways, they're making out that World Rugby's doing nothing. I can't imagine they're doing nothing about concussion if you think what we're doing now compared to God knows when, but I do think something does more does need to be done about it. Um, obviously you look at Xander Ferguson he's just gone to clear the man out hasn't he yeah and like you say if he hadn't have done that you know that's part of his job um, if he hadn't have done that he'd have probably got he'd have probably got lambasted by his um, by uh, his, his other players so yeah interesting one it'd be funny to see how that's going not funny to, I shouldn't say that but yeah it'd be interesting to see how that turns out obviously with the lawsuits going in and stuff like that like it could be um, could be quite I mean it to have sort of current players, someone like the stature of Josh Navidi, an established international who's still playing now, um, signing it, and obviously we don't—I I don't know the other players who signed it. I, I imagine there's still some. There'll be some current players signing it now. So, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, the one that stands out for me is only subs for injuries. That'd open the game up a bit, wouldn't it? If you, were, um, if the only thing I'd say about that is you'd end up, you know. Props playing 80 minutes and Hooker's playing 80 minutes. And I mean, in fairness, Wales had Ken Owens on for 80 minutes and Wynn Jones on for 76 minutes or something the other day, which is ridiculous for front row front rowers, isn't it? Yeah. Um, obviously, that opened the game because, you know, your forwards would get a lot more tired. So, yeah, interesting. 
we'll see where that goes. Um, moving on to oh, a little bit, Amazon looking to step up the bid for the Six Nations along with Sky and BBC slash ITV. Um, didn't say anything about BT. I don't think BT will go in for it because I've just signed the new deal with uh, the Premiership, haven't they? So, I mean, for me, we spoke about this before, but I think, uh, listen, overall, if it stayed on the BBC and ITV, I'd be really happy, but I don't think that's likely at all because with CBC coming in, um, they'll want sort of the commercial side of it. And I don't think you get that with BBC and ITV with sponsors. Um, if I had to pick between Amazon and Sky, I prefer Amazon. I think it's more accessible to everyone. Being sort of seven ninety nine a month, it's far more uh, affordable than having to pay for Sky Sports, which is well, it floats because um, I pay it. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll see. This is the last Six Nations on the contract for the BBC and ITV, so I can imagine it will be announced not much longer after the tournament's finished. So that's a sort of wait and see on that one. And then just on the sort of uh, the Welsh regional side, there's been a lot of news coming out of Dragons this week. Uh, Sam Davis has signed a new contract. Uh, I think that's uh, quite surprising, to be fair. I think me and you spoke before. Obviously, I think he was one of the players who kind of didn't want to take their pay cut. Um, and obviously, listen, something's either changed. They might have given him a bit more money. You might just see the Dragons as a good... Um, as something building good building in the future or I, I think I said to you before we came on air it could be that some of the bigger offers he might have had in the premiership or the top 14 just aren't there anymore yeah true uh, yeah especially with the Covid situation yeah financial I mean I thought Bath might have gone in for him because Priestland's gone and I think everyone's knew Priestland was going for quite a while now so um or Worcester, Worcester were talking about a 10 and stuff, weren't they? So, I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll never know on that. But, yeah, great signing for the Dragons to keep them on. And they've also signed three players during the week. So, the first one, very exciting, Gonzalo Bertrano, uh, Argentinian scrum half. Anyone who watched the rugby championship um, last year will see such a, he's a really good player. Um, quite quite a big sign in that for um for the Dragons because he's lively as you'd imagine being an Argentinian so yeah great signing we've signed Dan Baker on a short term deal to the end of the season I know they've got a bit of a back road crisis at the moment he was in France's second division um, but they agreed to release him from his contract for obviously family reasons and he's ended up signing for the Dragons I think it's a good signing big big number eight he's had had such so many injury problems he was you know seen as uh, someone who could um compete with Faletau for, uh, for the number eight position for Wales and then I think he had sort of three years with just injury after injury so could be a good sign and then the other one is uh, Yoan Davis who's an exciting uh, fullback played for Wales under 20s hasn't really had chance at Cardiff um, seems a bit of a strange signing because I think he's on loan to the end of the season but I think it looks like he'll probably sign for the Dragons after that um, you know, if you read on social media there's a lot of Cardiff fans who just think it's a bit of a silly move to be fair they obviously rate him highly so it could be a really good signing for the Dragons and then just the Blues this week Reese Precinct's finally signed worst kept secret in Welsh rugby behind Will Rowlands um, big signing for the Blues they've made a statement tonight that it won't affect Jared Evans they still want to keep Jared Evans Um 
how that goes money-wise. Uh, we'll obviously wait out and see because I can imagine Priestland will be on a fairly decent wage. Um, it'd be great. For, I think it'd be great for Jared Evans to have someone like Reef Priestland in, and they've got a really good young fly-off, um, Luke Scully. So that'd be good for him. Um, other big news: Willis Halaholo after winning his first Wales cap has signed a new long, long-term contract at the Blues. Um, good signing. Um, I think after people seeing him this weekend, uh, we'll have seen what sort of quality player he is and what he can bring for the Blues. So it's huge. And then just the last bit, sort of a, a good news story. Uh, Ellis Jenkins did play at the weekend, came through unscathed, actually scored a, a try on return. Did he? Oh, I didn't yeah, he scored a try as well. So, yeah, really good return. Watched it on Facebook during work. I hope my boss isn't listening. Uh, yeah, managed to watch the game. So, yeah, a lot of youngsters had a go and stuff like that. Like, yeah, Alice Jenkins. I mean, to be fair, he stood out. Um, and I know there was a lot of youngsters playing, but he, did, he hadn't played for, what, 800 and something days, wasn't it? So, yeah, um, top class to see him back on the pitch. So, yeah, that's all the good stuff done. So, let's just get to the boring stuff now, yeah? <laughs> so, Scotland Wales, Murrayfield, Saturday, day before Valentine's. Uh, Wales edging the game, uh, 25-24. In, in was, it's probably one of the best games of rugby I've seen for... Uh, as in, as in, I mean, the game against England was obviously amazing for Scotland, but I just think in pure, really good, really good rugby played... Lots of tense moments, a uh, little bit of controversy. Um, yeah, good, listen, it's a good game for me because we won, but um, what's your initial thoughts? <laughs> My initial thoughts now, <laughs> as in five days later. Sober. Uh, I mean, <laughs> obviously, uh, so Saturday I was drunk watching the game, was raging. Um, didn't think the red card was a red card initially. Obviously, I've changed my mind since. Um, and I just think, like, like fair play to Wales. I mean, at one point, they were, what, 17-3 down? 17-3, yeah. I mean, they were 17-3 down to come back to 17-15. And that, that's still when it's... That's still 15 on 15 when, they, when they've done that. So, fair play to Wales. You can't dispute that. You could argue momentum with them. Um, I think the, the, the big turning point for me... I can't remember what stage of the game it was, was um, when Scotland had the try disallowed for crossing. And no. I think we've... Huh? Yeah, sorry, go on. No, you, yeah. you're saying that. And then I think we've committed straight after that, we've committed like two or three penalties straight after it. And you like Wales are in our 22 and then they've scored from it. And like the penalties we've given away in that situation weren't really from... like There's nothing, not taking anything away, it's Wales. It wasn't really from any like built-in pressure. It was just... Scotland being a little bit stupid. I mean, Gary Graham went off his feet. Xander Ferguson gave one away as well. And it's like, yeah, I get that when it's like teams are banging on your door and, you ha- you know, sometimes you just have to infringe just to, just because it's, everything's going against you. But like, to give like three quick penalties away like they did, it's like, it's inexcusable. I know Hogs come out saying it's a little thing's costing us and we'll learn from that. Well, let's learn from it then. Don't just say we'll learn from it and then not learn from it. We've been in situations before I think we played France um, in the All Nations Cup. We gave away a lot of penalties. And, you know, as, as good as France were that day, it still helped to the undoing of us. Um, but, you know, uh, when Ferguson got the red card, obviously they had to bring a prop on. 
did they need to lose Darcy Graham? Was he the right person to be taken off? Bear in mind, he was probably marking Reese Summit because once he came off, we were basically leaving your wingers, like depending on which side the ball was on, you know, free to, you know, unmarked really. So you could argue that. Uh, I'm, I'm not 100% sure whether whether taking a, a back off was, was the right decision. I'm not sure. But like, I think Scotland's first 35 minutes were unreal. I thought Hogg, Russell and Price's kicking game in the first 35 minutes was very good. But Scotland were very, very good. Probably should have taken their chances a little bit more. Um, however, after that, like the, I'd say like from 35 to 55 minutes, I thought Wales were very, very good and came back into the game very, very well. Deserved to get back into the game. And then after that, I just once once the red card out, I just thought it was it was anyone's game. I thought I part of me was thinking, oh, Scotland are just gonna like you know when Zamet uh, when Scotland uh, were, were chasing the, the try, Hog went in, and then obviously Zamet went and scored a try, and, and you're winning by one. I thought Scotland are just gonna like try and go through the phases, try and push a penalty, push a penalty, and like, I thought it was really good that Scotland still kept trying to play like this attacking rugby. Uh, to try and get up the field, and you know, Hog um, Russell did that like ridiculous offload to um, Duhan at the end, you know. And the game could have still been won in like in the eighty second minute of the game, which is exciting. You know, you don't always see that. Uh, hell of a tap tackle from Owen Watkins, like unbelievable. If if he don't make that tackle, it's a try because Zamet's fallen on his like Zamet, yeah, he's Zamet's so fallen funny. over, he's yeah. overcommitted. Um, obviously there was the stuff that happened after. Um, Duan's tap tackled with uh, Hogs coming through. I think I think initially the ref probably thinks that Hogs knocked it on, but it's uh, Williams's hand that taps the ball back, and then he tackles Hog when Hogs not got the ball. Technically, can't he? But it's not. It's one of them. It's, it's now. Now initially, like when I first seen it on Twitter, I was like, "This is shit. This is shit." But in hindsight, you know, things happen in a game all the time. The referees do not get everything one hundred percent right, and it's part of the game, you know. Um, the ref, you know, the ref can't get everything right. He's mm. not. It's it's just impossible. There's that many ways of infringing in I a game. It is, but they, they they can't see everything. I mean, I didn't even know that until like Monday. I think it started going on on. Yeah, stuff. It's like, amazing. Do you know I mean? <laughs> it's, it's quite. It was quite a way way when when it started happening. You know, and it and it and it is what it is now. Uh, like initially, I was you know obviously quite bit. I was like Monday, Tuesday when I first seen it on Twitter that that I was like seething. Um, but you know, you know, then if we get the penalty, Finn Russell still got to make the kick, or we kick it to the. Court. I think he goes for the kick because I think he was a hundred percent off the tee that day. He kicked very well on um on thingy. But there was there was like Scotland had opportunities to kick for points earlier in the game and they didn't. They 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 wanted to go to the corner, you know. And to me. Hogs the captain, but that's Finn Russell telling him. Yeah. I, I don't think I don't fancy this kick. In my opinion, probably that. But you know, Hogs the captain, and he makes the decision at the end of the day. You know, um, and I think. But what I do think it's shining through. I think in this Six Nations, for me, Finn Russell is head and shoulders been the best number ten um, for out of the home nations. Sorry, out of the home nations, and Hog has been, in my opinion. Maybe maybe Alan Jones as a, as a leader as well. You've got to say Alan Jones because obviously Wales are two from two. But I think Hogg's showing his, his ability to lead and the way he talks to the press afterwards is, is very, very good as well. Uh, and I think they're the two that are putting their hands up to be to be Lions captains at the moment. I don't think Farrell definitely isn't. Atoji maybe in the way he does. I just still think he's a, he's a penalty machine. Um, 
But yeah, uh, it was a really good game. Wales were better when um, oh, what's his face? Uh, Sheedy came on and Hardy. the young scrum off Hardy. They definitely added a lot of impetus into the game, and I, I definitely think they should start uh, against England. But I still think he'll go with bigger. Um, but that's I'm going on to two weeks time now. But yeah, really really good game. Uh, good about the result. I said like I'm Scottish and I want Scotland to win. The team I probably don't mind losing to, if it's anyone, is probably Wales because my mum's Welsh, my daughter's Welsh, you know. So you know, it's, uh, that, that's probably probably me on that. I think. Like to be fair, I, I was expecting I was expecting worse than that. To be fair, like but sure. I I I think I I still think Scotland were the better team, and I suppose that the bitter bit of me would be I don't think Wales. I don't say I don't think they deserve to win. I still think over the two games Wales have played so far, and this isn't me bad mouthing Wales because then they they won the games and they, you know, the, if you can win poorly, imagine what you can do when you when you're playing well. I still think like Ireland and Scotland both were better overall in the two games played, but Wales found a way to win, and, and that's what that's you know international rugby. It's not always about playing well; it's about finding ways to win, and that's exactly what Wales would have done under Gatland. Yeah. They'd have found a way to win. I think at the moment. Wales have almost it's, Wales are a little bit of a hybrid at the moment. You can actually see where Pivac's trying to go in a way, um, but then you can tell. I think the I think Gethin Jenkins, being the defence coach, has you know has gone back to a bit more of a Gatland style. Um, listen, we don't have a lot of possession. Attack wise, I've got a stat here which obviously blow this up. But attack wise, sometimes we can still be a bit stout. Listen for me. Overall, with Scotland the better team, hundred percent. I think you'd be mad um, not to say that. Like you say, looking at Twitter and stuff like that. Like I was raised Twitter for a different reason to you, obviously. You know, to some. And it, uh, listen, most Scottish fans would have been really annoyed and probably drank quite a bit. And it was kind of made out that there was only one uh, one team. I'm with you. I don't think the red card was the turning point of the game. I do think it's that try uh, for Gary Graham uh, because you're 100% right. I think it was three penalties. Within three penalties, and Gary Graham was a penalty machine, wasn't he, when he came on? Yeah, well, him and, I think him and Xander Ferguson, between the two of them, counted for 50% of Scotland's um, penalties. So, I think within, within three... Three penalties. We drive you back about twenty meters, fifty meters in the mall, and, and score, don't we? And all of a, all of a sudden, the game's seventeen uh, fifteen. And I do think I do. I mean, you said it to me, but I do think I think you said it to me through pure passion and drink. And a lot of other people said, <laughs> and obviously you change you change your opinion now. Obviously, someone said, and a few people have said it. They said. Um, Without the red card, Scotland 100% would have won. Now, I can see that because Scotland were the better team. Yeah, at that at that red card point, Wales had actually come back into the game. And I do think momentum's a big thing in rugby, isn't it, at the end of the day? And I, no one will know. Uh, no one will know. Um, like I say, I think I said it to you on Saturday. We were having a discussion with my dad and, and your uncle and stuff, weren't we? And obviously, they're very passionate Wales fans and sometimes can get a little bit too giddy uh, with the things they say. Uh, we'll leave it at that. Um, 
to me, Wales, you know, this talk of triple crowns and grand slams and six nations, Wales can't, this iteration of Wales can't keep playing games where they're just going to tackle. We missed 27 tackles on Saturday. That's huge. Uh, some of it from really good play from Scotland. Some of them were really poor. Um, I think you're, gonna, you, you're not going to be happy with what I'm going to say. Two of the tries we almost give to Scotland uh, with half Penny's mistake. And although it was a good handoff, I think Owen Watkins got to make that tackle on, on especially when we were a man up as well. You know, to be kind of left out to drive one on one with a player like Hogg, who to me is him and Dupont are basically fighting out for player of the tournament after two rounds. I think Hogg is just, uh, to be honest, I think the criticism's done him some good because I think he's probably gone, you know what, fuck you, I'll show you exactly the player I am. Uh, I thought he, yeah. I thought he was outstanding. To be fair, I, I think he deserved man of the match. I know I think Reece Samick got it, didn't he? Yeah. But yeah, listen, there's, there's some controversy in the game, so we'll we'll, we'll dive into the controversy. Um, there was the talk of the Liam Williams elbow. Now there's two angles, and I'm not sure if you've seen the other one. The angle from behind, his forearm is against his body and goes into his chest. The little push afterwards. Yeah, that was a bit. That was a bit naughty. It wasn't an elbow. It was a forearm, but it was probably worthy of penalty. Um, obviously, I think. I think if you, you do see it, and that's the thing about like the rugby, isn't it? If you see it from two different angles, if you probably look at Xander Ferguson's from a different angle, it looked different. And then obviously, listen, the tackle at the end. Um, we've we've discussed this now. There was no there was no knock on because the game would have finished. And Matt Carley says on his. Um, you can hear him on the mic going, not backwards. Now, the Chris Harris thing, and we've just argued about this. If you, I'll send you the footage. If you watch it, he's not actually holding his own body weight per the laws. Um, and Matt Carley, throughout the whole game, this is the thing when I watched it back, I find it really interesting. Throughout the whole game, and it's a thing they, they referee in England a lot more than the Pro 14, they keep saying, you know, you think you've won the penalty and we're all screaming at the TV. And he's going, you've got hold of the man, not the ball. They want you to sort of try and grab the ball, don't you? So whether that was something there, but by the by, Liam Williams, I think I think he's done what every fullback would have done. I think it's reactionary. <laughs> he's just grabbed Hog, hasn't he? And it's a penalty. Yeah. End of the day, it's a penalty. And I think I do think Finn kicks it because I think I texted you, didn't I, during the game saying, listen, he's got his kicking boots on. But I mean, I think those these sort of things from a Scotland point of view, I said I text you, I'd be raging. I'd, I'd be raging me. I'd be raging. But then I think these small things happen in all the games. And like two examples are, I'm not picking on Scotland, but Ali Price is pushing a toji. And in in that, yeah. in that thing, that, if that gets seen, that's probably a yellow card to Ali Price for stopping a, a try-scoring uh, opportunity. And then did you see that uh, Bernard LaRue at the weekend? He, he got Simbin for a trip. Have you seen the footage of him trying to trip a guy again? Yeah, <laughs> I think Scotland kicked through, and I think an Ireland player was retreating, and he tried to trip him. You know, and things that we we see on Twitter, isn't it? You know, someone sat there going, "Oh my God, I've seen that record on the phone." So, yeah, listen, people have said Wales have got lucky with the two red cards. I I don't see it as lucky. I see it as have Wales benefited hundred percent. There's no denying that when you're playing against fourteen men. Um, you, you, we benefited. Lucky, I'm going to say no because at the end of the day, there's nothing that 
what happened to Wales? They can't. They're you know, they're not asking o, uh, O'Mahony to go and throw an elbow on yeah. thingy. And they're also you're you're lucky if if you get a red card for the other team and it shouldn't have been a red card. Yes. Then you could say yeah, we're yeah. lucky. I, I, they were both red. Listen, cards. I see lucky. Say Finn Russell tries to kick through, and a Welshman puts his foot out and it bounces into Louis Samets and he runs eighty minutes. That's hella lucky. I don't think these red cards are lucky. I, I mean, listen. If it was to happen to, if it was happen to, if it was Thomas Francis doing the same thing, I'd be like, "Fuck," you know. So, I mean, have we benefited hugely? Um, you know, and there's been a few calls that have gone our way. Um, but you know, I mean, listen. Overall, I mean, this, our attack and potency is really good in the 22. Um, I think I've got a stat here. Over the two games, Wales has spent two minutes, 33 seconds in the opposite, opposition 22 and we scored six tries. Um, so I think when we get into those danger zones, I think we're looking, you know, we look like a team that can that can score tries. Our second try, um, our second try at the weekend, was it the second try? No. The Actually, the first try was really good, wasn't it? With Tompkins doing a little offload out the back. Um, the tackle for Louis Samet. Yeah, Duan got sucked in and he shouldn't have. Yeah, so that was that was um, that was a good try. Obviously, the Win Jones, um, the Liam Williams try after the uh, Blade Thompson, not Blade Thompson, the Gary Graham disallowed try. That was a really good move with Sheedy, Halaholo, um, Louis Samet, and, and Liam Williams. It, it actually looked like a plan, or not a plan move, but it looked like Wales. Had a bit of attacking ability to him. So, in that sense, we're good. But, I mean, listen, when you don't have that much possession and you're tackling all the time, this fallow week probably hasn't come at a better time for Wales <laughs> with injuries and having a six-day turnaround and the amount of tackles they've made over two games. Um, yeah. I mean, we, we missed we missed three kicks. We left six points on the park as well. If you, I was, you know, made a point about uh, Finn Russell not kicking well. He kicked everything, and obviously, you know, we missed three. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what to make of Wales. I'm really, I'm buzzing that we've won two games. Listen, I think we're gonna, we're almost guaranteed to win three games now, unless something to if we get a player sent off against Italy. Um, so you've got to take them wins. Um, there are small caveats behind them, obviously, for the red cards, but they can't deal with that. I mean, positives. I've written down for Wales. Line out, very good. Uh, actually stole two Scotland line outs. Um, I think we missed the first line out, didn't we? And then we I think we, we nailed the next 11 or 10 line outs. Uh, so I thought that was good. Um, the substitutes made uh, a big difference, which is something that um, you mentioned. I thought Hardy and, and Sheedy made us a bit more dangerous. Um, Halaholo. Big shout out to him. He'd have probably had two days training and then probably didn't think he was going to come on in the 30 minutes. But I, I, you can tell he makes a difference um, on the pitch. Even that, it looks so simple, but to draw those two men for the Reece Summits um, try and then just give him a beautiful pass in his breadbasket to do what he does. Um, yeah, really impressed with him on debut. And then, listen, probably the last thing we're going to talk about, the last thing I might say now before we discuss a little bit more is Louis Summit. Boom. Got wheels, it? That, that try looks like he's jogging, doesn't he? 
yeah. looks like I mean Duan is quick and he and he made him look like Duan turns like a bus. I don't think Duan probably yeah. has. I mean, it's probably harder for Duan to turn because he is a big lad, isn't he? But the way yeah, Hog had to turn as well. Yeah. Hog's not slow, and he made you know it's not like it's not like they're catching him. Do you know what I mean? Even when they've turned, he's, he's pulling away. Have you seen that picture of Hoggy's face? There's a picture, like a, a screenshot, and you can tell on his face he's just like, nope. He knows he's lost that race. It was just, I mean, he's got a lot to work on. Um, I think defensively he's got a high ball. I think he's got a, a, a little bit of to work on, but he's 20 years old. I mean, scoring yeah. tries like that, you know, against whether it's against 40 men or not, that's like the kick alone on the run at that pace. He's, you know, top notch. Good bit of skill. Good bit of skill. Yeah. And then, I mean, the, that kick at the end where, Ali, I mean, Ali Price kicking the ball away in the 77th minute. Agreed. If it bounces a different way. But that kick that um, Louis Reese Amit put in to put send them all the way down the other end of the pitch was just, yeah. I mean, listen, the star's born, isn't it? I And, and to be honest, I think Pivat needs to take a bit of credit because I think by leaving him out of the Six Nations last year, maybe give him a bit of time to work on a few things um, obviously so him in the autumn nations and you know we're reaping the rewards from it but yeah you know that game that game that game's all over the place I mean when we were the other thing to remember this is what I was listening to on the mic on the ref mic was it 17-15 Scotland actually got a warning the next time they collapse our mall a guy's going and who's to say that didn't happen you know I mean yeah. at the end of the day I think the, the thing to talk about and it's easy for me to say because we won but it was just an unbelievably good game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, Scotland, Ali, the uh, the Darcy Graham child, we haven't even talked about that. I mean, Ali Price is the Lions' nine at the moment. I don't think anyone else is is, is doing a job like him at the moment. So, I, I think Ali Price is, is, is the form nine, but I, I still don't think Gatland would... Oh, no, I think he would. I think he's a, he's a Gatland-type scrum half, the way he's playing. Um, I do and I think I mean that, that little kick for Darcy Graham obviously Darcy Graham's given him a call hasn't he but to execute yeah. execute the kick is a different thing isn't it uh, yeah. you know and I thought I thought he was really good Finn was good uh, got intercepted twice that intercept right at the end I'm screaming at my TV and at the time right under beer I'm like Tompkins why don't you chip ahead so even, if, even if Hogg has to dot it down we get the ball back and I watch it actually there's an unbelievable tackle on him and then for Finn to get back and steal the ball Turn over, yeah. <laughs> you know, what, what didn't the last say four or five minutes, what didn't it have? You know, um, you know, Scotland scored a try with 14 men off the off the scrum penalties. You know, some people saying a yellow card would have happened. I mean, we brought on Leon Brown. I think if that scrum had gone down when Leon Brown, Leon Brown came down, we were looking at Simbins and probably end up penalty try. Um but Leon Brown came on and just, you know, stood his ground against um, against Sutherland. I mean, there were so many good players. I mean, I thought Scott Cummins was a bit quiet, but Johnny Gray, Johnny Gray was immense. Hamish Watson. Yeah. I think, t- to be honest, on form, you're looking at the two best sevens in Six Nations there, in Tipperick and um, Hamish Watson. Uh, I thought both were really good. So, listen, Scott, Scotland dominated that. I mean, it was weird. It was a bit like the Ireland game because, you know, the first few minutes, Wales looked pretty decent, didn't they? And I think Scotland conceded yeah. a couple of penalties, didn't they, early on? I thought, oh, you know, good. And then after that, I mean, like you say, for 35 minutes, 
um, Scotland, you know, dominated that first half. And then, you know, we did get lucky. Again, bit of indiscipline from... Um, Scotland. Scotland's discipline was was poor at times, to be fair. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah. It sometimes it was like, with the penalties, as I said to you before, it's like, you can kind of accept penalties when it's after pressure and pressure, but some of them were just needless. You know, Wales must have been like, oh, fucking happy days. We'll take that. I think Gary Graham will learn from that game that it's the speed and the way that things happen at international rugby. He's probably not necessarily used to that. He came on quite early as well, didn't he? Yeah, I agree. So this you you mentioned about the referee before about with Chris Harris and, and the referee's call. So I think this is the bit that probably frustrates the players. And it frustrates me a little bit when I'm watching is the is the consistency in the referees. Yeah, like yeah. Scotland got on the right side of the referee against England. They probably didn't do anything different when they played Wales, but that's a different referee. Yeah. Different referees differently. Yeah. And it must be so frustrating because if you get that bit right and you get on the right side of the referee, then you're golden. Yeah. But they've probably gone, well, we were on the right side of the referee last week against England, so we'll just do the same again and we're golden. It's like, don't worry about yeah, the refs are so inconsistent. There was, I mean, there was, um, I mean, there was, after the England game, there was, you know, there was times where they had, on Scrum 5, they had Nigel Owens and asked him, you know, how, how do you think it went the referee? And, and he said, you know, I think Wales could have had a few uh, penalties for holding on. He said, but the thing is, is the way that uh, Wayne Barnes at the time and uh, Matt Cardy and all that, Carly, whatever his name is, they they ref it different and you need to you need to adapt to it might not ref the same as a pro fourteen ref. I mean there was two there was two things I noticed actually uh, watching the game. But I mean listen, watching the game back was the best thing for me really to be fair. Like you say it's beer goggles, isn't it? But there was <laughs> when Blade Thompson gets injured, um is it George, George Turner, the hooker? He comes flying off his feet. And the ref was like, no, you moved. And he didn't. He grabbed Gareth Davis. So that was one of them. And then I think it was about a minute later, he pinged Alan jones for the same thing. And I think, like, Alan jones got up and he's just like, what's going on? And I think people, like, kind of ridiculed him for it. But like you said, players must be frustrated, mustn't it? Alan jones the captain, going, I've just watched him do that. Do that. Yeah. And then you're pinging me for it. So, yeah, no, I agree. I mean... Listen, Scotland's in discipline. I mean, the other thing I'm going to talk about is one of the things that you were talking, you know, it was something I was going to discuss, obviously, um, talking about captaincy. It, it's going to be a tough one. During the game, I thought, you know, Hogg's looking, you know, out of all of them, I'd say he, he's Lance captain and probably is still the favourite. I do think he needs to be, I think the struggle is as well, and I know it sounds bad, being a fullback, he's always got to run in if the referee wants to talk to him, doesn't he? Um, yeah. But I think he could have been a bit more stronger because it did seem like, and we don't know, and I'm not saying this, but it did seem like Finn was taking, I don't know he's a vice captain, he was taking a lot of decisions. And I do think, like, listen, one of the gambles was, I mean, when they took that tap penalty, that was a bad gamble. But it worked. They, they took another scrum, didn't they? And Hoggy scores that try when you're down to 14 men. If he doesn't take that risk, he um, you don't score that try, do you? Um, but, but, he's, but at the same time, I agree. I mean, if you I look, do like his it, discussions. His discussions are with Johnny Gray and Finn Russell yeah. always. They're the two he talks to. They're the two vice-captains. And obviously, when Jamie Ritchie's there, Jamie Ritchie's normally the vice-captain, I think, on his own with um, Hogg as captain. And he speaks them to But you know, if Finn Russell's been and Johnny Gray are like, yeah, let's kick it into the corner. You know, he's speaking to of his, course, of course. his ten, he's speaking to his goal kicker, and he's speaking to his lineout jumper. If they're like, let's put it in the corner. You know, 
part of being a captain is, is backing your players and, and he's doing that and you know no one's saying Hoggy's perfect he's learning um, and I like the fact that he trusts the players you know and it, the last thing you want is for your kicker to be like I don't fancy this and which he might say I don't know if he has said that and Hoggy goes nah you're kicking it mate and then, and then he, he misses it and then his head's gone yeah, I don't think I don't think Finn Russell's head will ever go mate he's just Know, supremely confident player, isn't he? And that, you know, <laughs> the, the ridiculous pass at the end with four people around him as well. He's just, yeah, yeah. The, the game had everything. The game had everything. You know, I mean, like you say, I mean, I'm not. I actually quite like captains who are a little bit more daring. Alwyn Jones has become a bit more daring as captain, I think, uh, by going to the corner uh, more times than usual. I just think. For Scotland, where games are in such fine margins, how do I say this without trying to offend people? Scotland, for me, need to win. It sounds so bad. Because they need to win a Grand Slam like Wales did in 2019 by not necessarily playing the greatest rugby in the world. Listen, the way that Scotland are playing now, that's how people want to see Scotland play. And I think Finn is huge in that. Um but, you know, if, if they could win games by just kicking points, I, you know, I, how, it's hard to criticise um, because it almost paid off, didn't it? End of. Um, almost paid off with, you know, with almost winning the game. But, I mean, for me, I'm with you. I mean, Alan Jones is still a candidate. I thought he was all right. I mean, he gave away three or four penalties. Adam Beard, I thought, had a really good game. As people forget his little, little uh, pass in the Louis uh, Zamet second try. Um it's good, so I don't know. I've got a bit. I've, I've, I wrote like a load of notes down. And I've ended up just sort of jibber jabbing my way through it, really. But yeah, just uh, I mean, just I mean, thing with Scotland, I suppose. Unfortunately, the game just got built up hugely, didn't it, after the England game? Um, because you know, well, Wales aren't playing well. We had our fourth and fifth choice centre out. We had our sixth choice centre on the bench who actually came on. Tompkins actually ended up playing on the wing for um, 50 minutes of that game. Um, you had Wayne Wright, who I think is down to our fifth choice six. A six day turnaround. That was, I mean, when Scotland went 17 3, and even at 17 8, I was just like, we've done well there. We needed that try at the end of the first half, 100%. I don't know if we'd have scored that. I don't think we'd have come into the game, but. The, the massive turnaround, take away the, the red card, is definitely that. Scott Cummins getting in the way, isn't it? Yeah. Here's what it is, mate. <laughs> I don't think, listen, I think Scotland will be down because of what happened in the game, the circumstances in the game, but they can still win a championship. They're still a really good team. I still think you could give France issues, you know what I mean? Ireland didn't throw a punch at them at the weekend. And as good as France were, you know, Ireland don't have, you know, don't have Finn Russell. They don't have a Stuart Hogg. Um, or a good pack of forwards that will compete with France, who have been proven to compete with France. Discipline's going to be huge against France because if you look at the way, they, you know, they will hurt you, won't they? Yeah. Um, and obviously, I'll try not to get out of the game. I'm just saying, Scotland should be, you know, yes, it was a bad one. Obviously, dreams of a triple crown and... And Grand Slams and six, he's still in the Six Nations title potentially you know and only Wales and France come in a Grand Slam potentially there won't be a Grand Slam you know, it's, you know you'd think France are good but France have got to go to Twickenham and win haven't they 
Yeah. And they haven't done yeah, that. Yeah. And they haven't done that a long time. So Scotland have still got everything to play for, and they've still got a team which I mean, like Xander's out, but do, you know, Nell probably a better scrummager than Xander. Doesn't get round the park a bit, but I think you can make up for that with other players. You know, having a Richie back in the team would be huge. You know, doesn't look like Redpath's going to be back in the team, but <laughs> I think we spoke that one player I wouldn't have it in for however good Scotland play. Jamie Lang was non-existent; didn't even know he was on the pitch. And I'm not. Yeah. Tra- I'm not trying to be horrible there. I like. I like that that Townsend's looking to have like a ball playing a more creative twelve. I, I think that's you know I've always enjoyed that. Um, with uh, with teams or when we had when we had Wales, I've had once in Tenton, but you know, I I love them sort of twelves. I've always been a big fan of them them, them sort of players, and I love the way he plays. But you can see Duncan Taylor coming here. He's played hasn't he for Saracens at the weekend. You can see Duncan Taylor coming back into into the team, couldn't you? I think he'll make him better. Yeah, I, I think so. I think he'll make him better for it. Um, yeah. So listen, great game. We haven't argued as much, uh, which is actually quite nice. I thought, I thought we'd be having it, mate. I thought we'd be having it. Um, which means we'll have a yeah. pod next week, winner. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, as an advert, as an advert, if you weren't a Wales or Scotland fan and it was an advert for the Six Nations, it's exactly what you'd want to watch. 100%, yeah. You know? Um, I'd like to say two good teams. I think Scotland are a really good team. I think Wales are still in a development stage. I don't know. We've still got a lot of experience. I think you can tell the difference that Ken Owens makes in the team. And it may be, you know, I mean, overall, and, uh, you know, we were talking about sort of um, Hogg being a captain and, and listening to people. Alan Wynne Jones has got a lot of experienced players around him, hasn't he? You know, you've got a Ken Owens, yeah, you've got a Justin Tipperick, uh, a Dan Bigger, um, who I want to talk about actually before we finish on this. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't listen to you, Dan. Bigger. You've got. You've got a, a, a damn bigger. But he's an experienced international. You've got a Lee Halfpenny. Um, you know, you've got these players who've won things internationally. Um, some of them with clubs and stuff. So he's got that round. And then you've got a captain who's got hundred and fifty odd caps or whatever it is. So, yeah. My last point on it, Dan Bigger. Um, I, I text during the game, didn't I? When he tried that banana kick in the first half, and he literally just kicked it to. Yeah. Duan, I think it was. And I said, get him off. Put Sheedy on, we'll be better. I should be coach of Wales now because he put Sheedy on and we scored. Um, <laughs> no, my point my point about Bigger, even without that banana kick, I said, you pull him straight away. That's inexcusable. You know, people having to go at uh, Billy Burns and giving him shit, right? Dan Bigger's got 80, I think, 80-odd caps for Wales and he's doing shit like that. I, inexcusable. The thing that got me the most, and, I, you know, hopefully... People go and watch this back. It's so petulant and it's pathetic from a player of his experience. Um, when we before we scored our first penalty, uh, we had penalty advantage. The ball comes out, and I think Win Jones gets in the way. Props getting in the way, isn't it? And if you watch it, bigger has a go at him, picks the ball up, and he throws the ball away like a petulant kid. And I was watching, and I was just thinking, you knobhead. <laughs> that, that is yeah. not how you act as a player I don't I, listen I don't like his back chat and stuff like that like, but you know that's him but doing it to your own players and stuff listen you have penalty advantage you know, we're going to have kick for posts great start for Wales I mean I thought he was really poor and I said I thought I thought both him and um, Gareth Davis Gareth really, Davis. Uh, really poor Gareth Davis looks he doesn't attack 
You know what I mean? You know, one thing probably Scotland would have been looking for, isn't it? Listen, watch Gareth Davis around the fringes. I can't remember the last time he attacked around the fringes. He's got, you know, he's got wingers' pace, hasn't he? He's better coming off the bench. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Listen, you know, Kieran Hardy. People can say, listen, you know, we're trying, we're trying to get back in the game. He didn't look like a player who's played two or three games for Wales. He looked like a, you know. He looked, I thought he was really good. I thought he was really good. Added a bit of speed around the rook and stuff. So, um, yeah, I think that'll lead into obviously the games coming up. Um, next, not next weekend. Obviously, we've got this weekend, we've got the Pro 14. It's good to have the Pro 14, but I do hate these fallow weeks. I've enjoyed the Six Nations actually. So, um, and, you know, that Autumn Nations, it was a bit like. You know they, they end up playing the last the last of the Six Nations when the Northern Nations go, and I do get excited to watch Wales. I love watching Wales play, but at that point I was a bit like you know it was a bit like, it was hard watching one of the games were great. This Six Nations, the first two rounds have been fantastic. Um, actually, before we move on, should we talk about the other games, the other two games? Might as well put our our uh, our opinions in there. England, Italy. Uh, so I thought at times Italy looked good. Yeah. Uh, they, I like the fact they picked all these young players. Uh, Having a go. I felt, I felt that I thought that Johnny May's try was a good bit of skill. However, I still think he's jumping out of the uh, over the tackle. I don't get how the guys meant to tackle him. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Wilson think... said, "Sorry, sorry, sorry." Ryan Wilson said on the um, the rugby pass pod, uh, pod uh, the offload. He said, "Right, okay, so you can say this that he was great and he was diving for the corner." He said, "If I've got the ball." And I run in in the middle of the post and dive over. It's a penalty. You know, so it doesn't matter if you're going for the corner, does it? It shouldn't be. Listen, amazing bit of skill to be no, fair. You're allowed, like. to, you're allowed to dive. You're allowed to dive. But you're not allowed to. Score yeah, but you're not allowed to dive over a tackle, are you? Oh no, that's the thing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I was saying that I don't. I think it's a good bit of skill. The fact that he's managed to hurdle yeah. someone like that, yeah. but it's it's a penalty because he's mm. jumped out of the tackle. Mm. Um, and then no, I mean. The only other, I mean, I thought England, they, they were enough. okay. I thought they tried to attack. They tried to show a bit more in attack. I just don't think they're good enough to, I think Farrell stops from doing that. I don't think George Ford does. I think George Ford, when he plays flat, is a very good 10. You know, he's good when they've got forward uh, front football. Mm. He's a good 10. He's not good on the back foot and he's not good defensively. Mm. But when England, have, or, or when he plays Leicester or whatever, whenever they've had front football, he can make their backs play, but not with Owen Farrell at 12, particularly with the way he's playing. Mm. I think Owen Farrell was lucky not to give away a penalty. I think it was during the, the breakaway try that he scored, the runaway, the uh, intercept. intercept. The Watson scored. There was um, like a late challenge. It was like chest to his back or whatever, but it's it's still a penalty. So it should have gone back for that. Um, Owen Farrell, don't get me wrong, world-class player. Um, he's awful. But he's not in good form. And, you know, the problem is he's England's captain and their playmaker. Uh, I don't think your playmaker necessarily should be your captain because if they're having a bad game, you can't really take them off. Um, so The way he was talking to Michael Adamson as well. That's me. <laughs> well, he was talking to you like a bit of a dick, mate. A lot of people, my, my, yeah. mate, my English mate, he, uh, he texted me and just said, oh, he needs to shut his mouth. And I, you know, that's when you know you're talking about fifty-fifty calls and stuff like that. Like that is when refs will, you know, especially with no crowds, will sort of those fifty-fifty calls will end up being, "Nah, you're not getting that, mate." Go away. Yeah. Um, listen, but but yeah, I thought I thought Italy 
played okay at times, um, but you know they're they're not there yet, and um, you know hopefully they improve. We'll see. Yeah, so I mean, I think you texted me, didn't you, saying you know uh, this could be an example of Wyatley. I'm, I'm not putting accuracy on this, but. No, so I sent I sent you a picture of the scores. So I said, and, and, and the scores of the last two weeks. So, like Wales, Scotland, there was one point between. There was hardly anything between Scotland, England when they played. Nothing between Wales and Ireland really when they played, yeah. and nothing between France and Ireland really. You know, a score or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then Italy have been like pumped by France yeah. and pumped by England, and it's like that's that's the difference that I see. I think there's five very very good teams. Obviously, there is a little bit between some of the teams and all that, but. I just think Italy are, are, are off the pace, and you know, I mean, there's a chance that they could run Italy, uh, run it, uh, Scotland close, and they could run Wales close yeah. or whatever in a one-off game. But you know, if Scotland play Italy and Wales play Italy ten times, they'll beat them by twenty, thirty points nine times out of ten, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I suppose. Listen, on the England bit, I didn't think they were great. I think, I mean, you can tell the difference when they got Sinclair. I think Vunapola still looks off the pace. Um, I hope he stays like that. He's just come back from injuries. With, uh... Uh, not no Billy. I mean, all oh, right, yeah. He still looks off the pace. I thought Marco was all right. Actually, considering he hasn't played. If you think about the other series players, he actually looked pretty decent, didn't he? Um, yeah. You know, Billy looks off the pace. Farrell, like you say, uh, completely out of form. The only thing I will say is, listen, that you know they've had two games to get out the system. Now they're gonna have a good couple of weeks, and he's gonna beast them. And I mean, the, the point to make about Italy. Um, you're right. Listen, they played the, the first try they scored. Ioni's try was top class, wasn't it? Um, yeah. You know, and then they play nice. I mean, Garbisi and that Varney, I think they've got half backs allowed for the next 10 years, both 19 and 20. Uh, I think we spoke about them before. Uh, you know, I think they're class. I, the, the thing I look at Italy is if you think England put, I think it was like 41 or 44, something like 44, 18, something like that. England put 44 points on them and I think everyone's in the same thing that they didn't really play that well. Yeah. And I think that's a little bit more telling. I think, you know, if England put, if you look at the France game, they put 50 on them and France looked decent but didn't really have to do too much for all their tries. If you look at England, you know, we've just, we just said a load of players there that didn't necessarily, you know, Johnny May was all right. He scored a spectacular try, um, you know, and, you know, they scored some decent tries but, I think they were hard done by Italy by some of the refereeing decisions, TMO and stuff. But yeah, listen, England are going to be far better for, for that game, I'd imagine. And um, they've still got an amazing squad. Although Jack Willis has been replaced by some kid, some 19 year old kid from Leicester. You know, yeah. what what some of them players have to do to get in the pitch and literally in the team, not just Simmons, Sam Simmons, you know, Don Branson, Ludlam, and yeah, just. Yeah, yeah. It, it beggars belief. If I was if I was an England fan, I would, in a way, I'd probably my, like my mate in work. He rages at Eddie Jones for some of the decisions he makes, but I suppose he's winning any, so doesn't really matter. And then um, France, France, Ireland, decent enough. Game. Um, I thought it was an alright game. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I just I thought like I actually thought. Ireland could have put a bit of like a bit of flair into their attack. They um they could have you could have provided a shock. I didn't think France were amazing. I thought they were good in parts. 
Do you know what I like about France is that, or don't like because it's it's not good for us. They're actually winning ugly. Yeah, what, what an ugly game defending and stuff. And I think that's that's no good for any of us. Sorry. Yeah, it's all right. I just thought Ireland were a bit blunt in attack. Um, you know, um, yeah. I mean, their centres all chuck the ball up, but they're not creative. I mean, they've got. I think like Keith Earls, like he's a good player and that. But you know, they've. I like to think they've got better options. Uh, low, good player, oh. very, very good player. They don't really give him the ball in any kind of space. He doesn't really do too much. Uh, the full-back's decent, is it? Uh, what's his name? Um, Keenan. Keenan, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, he looks good. I'd still start Lama as well. I'd play Lama on one wing, um, low on the other, and, um, and Keenan at full-back, or swap Keenan and Lama. So, like, Keith Earl, don't get wrong, like, unbelievable player in his day and that, but he doesn't. Oh, he's not exciting. Very good defensively. Um, but it's not particularly exciting. Um, I just think, yeah, they need a little bit more craft. The, the two centres are like Ringrose and Henshaw, very good players. I'm not disputing that. They're, they're, but they're not overly creative, I don't think. Uh, and Burns, Burns isn't the most creative ten, neither Sexton either. So I just think there's this bit bit blunt um, in the in the backs. I think the forwards are fine. Um, I thought they were better when Tag Furlong came on. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if he's pushing for a start now after his injury problems. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Ireland on a like on a on a on another day could have won that game. But then I'm not sure whether France would have just upped the tempo. Yeah, they're playing within themselves. I think Ireland could have won the game. I think, on if you look at it though, the try they scored was from France stealing the their line out, and it just bounced into a pretty a very quick hooker's hands. Um, yeah, listen, Dupont again. He's just a master, isn't he? <sighs> Yeah, he's he's so good. I thought Jalibert played played a lot better. Um, listen, I, I'm with Ireland. I think the forwards good. I think I I, I, I thought Ty Furlong played well, but I think that that Porter's doing a great job. He's you know Ireland won quite a few penalties in the scrum. Um, Ty Furlong, listen, probably the best tight head in the world, and he when he's when he's fully fit. Um, I mean, with, with yeah. you with the backs, I agree. Listen, I, I actually feel sorry for a bit of Henshaw and Ringrose because I think they do a lot of work, but then the good work's not. Nothing's done with the good work. Um, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it's not creative enough. Um, I just think they're a little bit lost. They've, they've been so used to Sexton and Murray that you don't see you don't see a difference. So. Just an example. So we took bigger off after 49 minutes, which is unheard of, and, and Gareth Davis. And you could see the difference between Gareth Davis and bigger to Sheedy and Hardy, couldn't you? Straight away, you could see yeah. the difference in the way they play. You can't see that difference. And I'm not saying Sheedy's, he's not sex. I'm not saying that, but you can't see that difference and you can tell where they are. James Lowe, I don't see it. I do think he's, he's a great player. And in, in a sense, I think he looks great for Leinster, the way that Leinster play. The way that Ireland play, though, I just think he's there because he's got a massive kick. I think he's completely irrelevant to them. You don't really see that. You see a little bit of flashes, and he's a lot better player than that. I think if you've got a weapon like that, if you think you think of all the best teams at the moment, and you think it's just let's take away let's take away Italy, England, Johnny May and Anthony Watson, but Johnny May X factor, yeah. Uh, Scotland yeah. on the wing, Duhan, pure X factor, Wales. Louis Rees-Samit, pure X Factor. France, on the wing. Teddy Thomas. Teddy Thomas. Pure X Factor. Now, 
Ireland potentially had this X factor winger, and he's used for huge kicks. I just find it, I mean, I, I, maybe I think that Hugo, Hugo Keenan's a very good player, very very good player. So, yeah, I just think Ireland are a little bit confused. I think I think they're a little bit like Wales. I think they might have to take a little bit of hurt for a year or two. Um, because, you know, listen, there's a lot of good players in Ireland, isn't there? You know, Leinster and all that. <laughs> you know, you've just... You know, when do you move on? When do you move on? So I think they're a little bit confused. But yeah, it was an entertaining game, to be honest. You know, just, I mean, look at that. Try, the, the try that Olivon scored, it's just... You know, even when the ball bounces, it goes into their hands, doesn't it? So it's just on a different planet at the moment. Um I do think with France, though, I mean, the problem is it's easy saying if you stop DuPont, you stop France. But then Jalibert's been good. Fiku's been amazing. The pack's really good. The subs are really good. Yeah, good luck next weekend, to be fair. I mean, good luck. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we will lead into that now. Now we've had a little review there. So, um, obviously, we've got the follow week, the week after. Wales host England at the Millennium Stadium, full of noise. And then uh, on the Sunday... Sunday, I don't like the Sunday games too far either. Uh, you got uh, Scotland away in France, aren't you? Yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. toughy. So, um, as the Wales games first, we'll talk about them. Um, listen, a, a lot of people go, you know, when, while you're winning, you don't change your team, but I do think Wales will uh, change a few. Um, I'll give you exactly what I, I would choose. Um, I think the forwards stay the same, except I think if he's fit, Navidi comes in for Wainwright. Uh, Wainwright did okay, um, dropped a few balls, missed a few tackles. But I think, listen, a fit Navidi walks back into that team. He's a top class player. Uh, in the back, though, this is where I'd change. And I've gone, I always go attacking. But I've I've gone uh, attacking. So I'd go Hardy and she- Hardy and Sheedy, a half back. I think they've deserved that right after the impact they made. I've gone Josh Adams and Louis Reesamet on the wings. Centre partnership of Johnny Williams and North, and I've gone Liam Williams at fullback. I think you could tell the difference when he went to fullback at the weekend as well. Yeah, uh, well, I think you know. I say he's a very, very good winger, but he's a world class. Yeah, well, I, I, I just think you noticed that he he, he had more involvement, didn't he, uh, at fullback than from when he was on the wing. And I keep hearing like there's there's all this talk about. And I'm not getting down on him because he's been an amazing player. And I think I'm just repeating myself in the pod from, from week to week and month to month. I think we need to move on from, from Halfpenny. He is a world-class kicker. You can keep him in the squad. Um, but the game is based on, you look at a hog, a Hugo Keenan, um, uh, Bryce Doolan for France has been unbelievable. It's about attacking fullbacks now, isn't it? You know? Um, yeah. And, you know, they say Harpenny's decent defensively. You know, Liam Williams puts himself about, doesn't he? Sometimes in the wrong way, don't get me wrong, but he puts himself about. He's not shy in the tackle. And I think he, he just adds more. He adds more to a tackle. I think if you add him linking up with a Sheedy or a North or a Johnny Williams, I just think I just think it balances out. And the whole thing about goal kicking, yep, Sheedy missed. What did he miss? He missed two kicks, didn't he? Um, two conversions which in fairness he should have nailed and then people are going no you can't have him in the team he kicks regularly for Bristol he's actually a decent enough goal kicker I don't think he can kick as as long range as half penny but you know sound you just go to the corner then you know either way um, but I just think you know 
I think England, if they've seen a back line like that, they would, you know, they're not going to quiver, but I do think they think, fair enough, we've got our hands full. Um, and I mean, it depends how much ball they get because we are, we are, our possession is low. Um, but that's the team I'd like to go. I fear that he will stick with Davis and Bigger. And obviously it depends on Halfpenny's HIA, but he has had a few head injuries. So I think it'd be a good opportunity to give him a rest and, you know, throw in them. And then the bench, I think both of them would, should, should stick in the loose forward thing. I think he had quite a bit of an impact. When it, I thought actually our subs at the weekend uh, did really well when they came on. And I have Gareth Davis. I'd actually have Jared Evans on the bench. Just fuck off bigger altogether. And I uh-huh. think I'd give Halaholo another chance off the bench. I think he brings something different. Um, I just think he deserves it. And I think, you know, if, if there's injuries, North can go on the wing. Josh Adams can go full back or Louis Rhys Summit. I know that's a big call. Um, so that's how I'd go for England. Uh, listen, England haven't played great in two games, but I think they've got them games out of the system now. Um, like I've said, they're going to have two weeks now. Eddie's going to beast them, isn't he? Um, yeah, you know, uh, food a pole is always better for, for for a few games. You know, we'll be f- keeping our fingers crossed because I know Louis Samet and Falatau are both playing tomorrow night. <laughs> so we want to keep them fit. Um, Sheedy's probably going to yeah, play for Chris Harris. Yeah, um, hopefully, you know, see what Bristol do with Sheedy. Um, but yeah, listen, I think I mean Hugo Monjes said didn't he on the BBC. Podcast that wears the favourites because they've won two games. Um, I think that's a little bit of mind games, not mind games because head's gone. It's a bit head's gone. That's like where's your head at yeah, kind of moment. Yeah. I've got another one of them as well, which I'll tell you. Um, you know, I think that's one of their moments where he's just trying to play it a little bit. Um, listen, England should be favourites. The reigning Six Nations, cha- Six Nations champions. They do have, but you know, we're talking like England haven't won, have they? They've just won by 40-yard points. Whoever the opposition is, they're still still 40-yard points. Um, you know, I said earlier, Wales can't continue to play games without the ball. And I think England and France, it's nothing against uh, Scotland or Ireland, especially England and especially France. But England, you know, if we continue to not have the ball, they will batter you. That's their, you know, it's one of their games. I think where you can get at them, and this is why I th- it'd be huge if Navidi gets back. Tom Curry's a world-class player, but I think he, the balance of their back row doesn't suit him. When he had he had under he, Underhill and Curry remind me of Lydia and Warburton. You've got one guy who does not care about his body; he will chop that man down, and Warburton troops in. I don't think I think that's if they pick laws against us. I do think it's an area that we. Um, we could target, but then like, I'm I'm saying like you know, you, you don't know. I I think England are favourites. You know, you look at their squad and compare it to ours. Not to say we can't win. We should have we should have a lot of confidence now. Um, the things that the things that we were doing poorly in the autumn was you know was defence, and I think they've changed that round. And I do think Gavin Jenkins deserves a whole lot of credit for it. Um, interesting game. Uh, listen, it hinders Wales massively. There's no crowd. End of. Um, you know, we'll see. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with all that, really. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think England are favourites. As I say, I think, um, I think yeah, Ugo Monje. I mean, 
Danny Kerr and um, Chris Jones both put him back in his place in fairness when he came out of it. But just with that, like, I've been at a head scan. I had another head scan I'd seen today on Twitter, on Instagram. It's Will Carlin did his, his team of round two. Yeah, and he didn't put he didn't put Reece Sammet in the team. He's got he's got low on the wing. It's like, oh, what what game do you watch, mate? Yeah, so I just thought like Will Carlin, like obviously probably a Grand Slam winner and things like that. England rugby legend, obviously knows very very little about rugby when it comes to uh, top wingers. And, and that's the thing. I mean, Lewis Reece Sammet was unbelievable. They like, talking about Scotland uh, losing this weekend. They've still got a lot of credit in 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 the bank with line selection, they're, they're big players who you think would, going on the line, still performed top-notch, didn't they? You know, I think, I think, yeah. I think if you were talking about bolters maybe for lines over the weekend, potentially win Jones, I know there's a lot of competition there, but he's playing some, he's carrying, every, I mean, everything he's doing is really, you know, uh, top-notch, but I mean, not to put Louis Reese up in his team, <laughs> put, put, put Lowe in, who basically, was there for his boot and stuff. Just yeah. get the ball away. Yeah, just um, yeah. just crazy. But yeah, listen, a game I'm looking forward to. Um, during the autumn, we pushed them. I say we pushed them close, but they still ran out convincing winners at the same time. So it's a hugely contradictory statement to make. Uh, but listen, do we have a chance? Yes. Will we have confidence? Yes. Do we have? We. It felt like it felt like more of a Gatland game. We not not an attack. <laughs> I thought the attack looked decent and it wasn't always like that and, uh, with Gatlin. But I think resilient, the one thing that people won't be able to take away from this um, Wales team, whatever, red cards or whatever, the resilience and the will to sort of stay in the game is unbelievable at the moment. Um, but how long, how long can that last? How long can you carry on making that amount of tackles and sort of, and especially against England who are going to, you know, Probably got the biggest pack in the uh, or one of the biggest packs in the tournament, haven't they? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure. You all... um, so yeah, I suppose. Oh, sorry. Suppose I'll talk about the uh, Scotland France. Uh, just I'll just go through what I think the Scotland lineup. I don't think there'll be any like wholesale changes. It'll just be injuries and suspensions. So be same as we played against Wales. I'd bring in Nell, uh, obviously for Xander Ferguson and Richie if he's back and fit. He'll come back in for uh, Blade Thompson. Uh, and then the only other change is, I think you'll put, like you said, Duncan Taylor in at 12, however, and I don't know how they'd make it work, but I'd love to see Hugh Jones. Yes, you in. He did it. He played 12 a few times when he was in South Africa. Uh, I know it didn't work when we played um, Jones and Harris at 12 and 13, I think, against Wales a few years ago. But, you know, I think we're a different team now. Um and it would just be, I just, I thought Hugh Jones did all right when he came on. He looked to make ground. He looked to take, take, take on his defender, and and that, that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see Hugh Jones giving a go. But Duncan Taylor, if he's fit, he's a very, very good player. Can I, can I just say uh, something? And, sorry, sorry, it's something I didn't mention before, and I should because I've been a bit down on him. I've never, I've, you know, I'm openly that I'm not his biggest fan, but I thought Chris Harris was quality at the weekend. I thought. So for for me, he's the form thirteen in the in the uh, home nations yeah someone compared to him uh, they said what might go in his favour is that he is the closest thing that you'll get to Jonathan Davis that type of player good in defence good in defence good carrier Um, maybe not the quickest but seems to make ground 
Uh, that was from a Scottish podcast. He's a, he's a he's a big boy, like he's a he's a big boy. You know what I mean? He's not he's not small. I'd love to see him at twelve. He's like your he's like your he's like your seven out of ten. Um, he's probably not a good enough distributor to be a twelve unless you're having him chuck the ball off. Yeah, but then you but, could you could miss him. He, he could be decoy. He could have chuck the ball up. You could go out the back to Hugh and Hugh just does one of them marking runs. Yeah. Get Hugh. I'm just yeah. saying. We'll see. I'd, I'd like Hugh Jones to play. It'd be interesting to see to see what he does. Uh, but yeah, like we sat, I mean, you mentioned about France before. I mean, Sutherland Turner now is a good front row. You know, our forwards, if we can, we can get. I was saying the same as what we said and get for the England game. If we can get parity with the forwards, then like the backs will, in my opinion, give us a chance of winning. Um, but it's been a long time since we've won in France, um, and we'll see which France team turns up. You know, they. They they do implode at times. Are they going to implode in this in this tournament? They did in the World Cup against Wales. They did in the Six Nations against us. You know they've got a history for it. Um, we'll see if they do it. Um, and if you know if they do, then we'll have a chance. Um, but it should be a close. I, I I want us to go to France and, and, and not just roll over and get our tummy tucked. We say we're learning from the mistakes that we've from previous games. So let's put that out there now and see if we can. And uh, and we'll we'll see. We, can we win? Yes. Do we have a chance? Yes. Will we win? I'd say France are the favourites, but you know we've we've still got a chance. I think France. Yeah, France are favourites. Listen, you know, I think France are favourites every game they go into. I know it's a tough one against England. I still think they're favourites, but can they lose? Yeah. I mean, you're saying there the old France coming out. Look at it this weekend, tripping over a player. But my mate texted me straight away. Just went. You still can't take the France out of France, can you? And they've got no coaches available because they've all got blooming coaches. Yeah, we just saw an Edwards shower at him. Yeah. Fucking hit him! Fucking hit him! Yeah. Did you see? Did you see the uh, the clip of um, Sean Edwards? The dancing. No, Sean Edwards in training, talking French, and they had to put French subtitles on top of it. <laughs> uh, no, listen. Can you win in France? Yeah, I think for, for Scotland to win out there, they need to, and I think you'll agree they didn't have almost the same intensity as against Wales as they did against England. I think if they find that intensity again, um, you know, they can do, you can win out there. A um, little bit more clinical when you, I think with France, definitely, you have to be a bit more clinical when you get your opportunities. Um, but yeah, I see, I see it as a game that Scotland can win. I think, I mean, to be fair, I think it could be one of the games of the actual tournament. Um, the way that they're both playing, Finn's going to love it. Any playing against France, he's going to love it because yeah. there'll be players there that he plays against. Um, say Hogging, just like to me, he's he, him and him and Dupont. It's between them who gets player of the tournament, hundred percent. Unless unless Louis Rees-Amitz keeps scoring wonder tries and stuff like that, I, I don't see uh, I don't see anyone else winning it. So yeah, we'll give you our predictions and stuff next week, obviously. Unfortunately, I don't think the Scotland team will be out by the time we record next week. We'll hope for the Wales one will be. So, um, yeah. we'll we'll discuss it a little bit more in depth when we know the teams. Uh, quickly before we go, Pro 14 is back this weekend. Fantastic! So we still got some rugby. Um, full hit on fixtures. So Friday night at half seven, you've got the Dragons versus Leinster, Glasgow versus Ulster. So we're going to go Leinster easy win there, aren't we? Yeah, and then Glasgow Ulster. I've got to stick with Ulster because I think yeah. Ulster have got a few of their players, man, and they've got Cooney. Yeah, I'd would, I'd would say Ulster as well. Although it's good to see Hastings back for um, for Glasgow, as I said before, and I think he'll be on the bench if he plays anywhere near. If he plays 
reasonably well. He's on the bench. Then I think he'll be on the bench for the Scotland uh, France game. Yeah. Um... I mean, the other thing as well, Glasgow got, you know, Richie Gray and a few of the players back as well, haven't they? Uh, yeah. Which is good. You know, Wales have released two players. Um, whether that's good, I think, I think it's a discussion for another time. Uh, Saturday, which is, this is class for me because obviously you got like, well, the Scarlets versus Treviso, three o'clock, go Scarlets win. Uh, you then got Ospreys versus Zebra at quarter past five. Ospreys win. I yeah. think those two are givens, I reckon. And yeah. then at half seven, you've got Cardiff away to Connaught. Um, they've actually got Lloyd Williams and Reese Carey back. Um, you probably go, I think, you always go Connaught away, don't you? You always go for Connaught because of conditions yeah. and stuff. So I know the Ospreys upset them last time, um, but, I, you know, I'll go, I'll no, I agree, go yeah. with Connaught. And then Edinburgh versus Munster. Hard oh, time, aren't yeah. they? Um I had a tough one that way, but I'd probably go Munster. I'd, I'd go Munster, I'd probably, yeah, but, um, Yeah, right, good. So, yeah, hopefully all these game, games go on, they don't get cancelled by COVID or anything for the next 24 hours. That'll be shit, because like I said, I've enjoyed the rugby over the last couple of weekends, so I still need it. Um, yeah, brilliant. Let us know your opinions on the game, on our, on our socials. I'll put something up there in a bit, maybe, to see we can get people's opinions. I did. There was a few. Like, uh, there was someone on Twitter, and I, I text you, I tried to defend him. There was, uh, it's a Glasgow fan page, so if you're listening, I'm afraid, you're not going to like what I'm going to say, who literally attacked Xander Ferguson and said he's not even that good. He's he's always, a, he, he's not very good. He's always a risk, always doing this, always, and I just thought, you're an absolute melt. Yeah, no, agreed. To, to turn on him like that, just because of what happened, which, you know, what happened, happened, end of, to turn on him like that. I bet they're the same people who were like, oh, he's Xander Ferguson for the Lions, he's unbelievable. No, yeah. you know, no, jog on, mate, jog on. I'm just going to say that. Listen, if we lose a, lose a listener from it, I apologise to Mike. But, um, <laughs> but yeah. He's got thousands anyway, mate. Thousands, in the millions, mate. But, like, yeah, no, I just, I, I just think it's wrong. I just think it's wrong. Listen, yeah, the guy's made a mistake. You can have your opinions. But to say, you know, you could turn around and go, listen, yeah, he's made a bad mistake, and it, you know, it's cost, it's cost Scotland dearly. But then to say he's an awful player and he's done this and he's done that and he's a liability and stuff, like you, to me, you don't watch rugby. You're a fair weather fan, yeah. and I hate them type of people around Six Nations. Anyway, yeah. So listen, voice your opinions, good or bad, on our socials. You can get us at on Twitter at at DT Rugby Pod or search Dragon Thistle Rugby, and the same for our Facebook and Instagram, Dragon Thistle Rugby. Um, just to say, last minute, Matt's pint, I'm having a, I'm having a nightmare. Keep, I'm going to, forever now, put, uh, whoever's going to win against Wales, I'm going to put them, whoever's playing against Wales, I'm going to put them to win. So I've got it wrong. Uh, uh, I did Scotland by 12, to be fair. Uh, well, cheers, yeah, mate. Yeah, just for you, that, mate. Just for you. Uh, Put France for the next one. But in fairness, fairness, the the fantasy rugby, I'm, I've I've done all right there. I had a pretty pretty decent week there. So um, I'm I'm top of match point, um, but yeah, way off the pace of fantasy. I think I'm way off the pace of, off off top. Like, but I had a had a, a good week. I think I jumped up about six places or something like that. So I was pretty happy with that. Um, yeah. So yeah, next week we'll obviously we'll talk a little bit about the the Pro 14 games this weekend. Hopefully there'll be some, some uh, decent rugby being played, a few youngsters to look, watch out for. 
Uh, and obviously we'll preview a little bit more in depth of Wales, England and Scotland, France. Anything else to add, mate? Nothing from me, mate. I think uh, just looking. I'm looking forward to actually some of the club rugby this weekend. Uh-huh. There's quite a bit of it on, and I've not seen Glasgow and Edinburgh play for a while. So seems it. It, it seems a long time, doesn't it? And it, and yeah. the last game I remember watching properly, I think, was Ospreys versus Connaught, um, where Ospreys won, and it was a, you know it was a cracking game. But I can't remember. Yeah, it, I'm with you. Uh, the follow weeks, uh, you know, I don't like them because I've been engrossed by the Six Nations. But you're right, actually. Uh, I think I texted you, didn't I, saying, you know, it's, it'd be nice to see some of the youngsters getting some game time, see what's going through, so, yeah. because there's no under-20s on. Yeah, all right, cool. That's it for me. That's it for him. Thanks very much. Cool. See you Love later. Bye. Bye.